Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. My husband and I had just lost all semblance of control. We were just losing our minds. And my husband had just had it with me. And and I mean, I could be pretty vicious. And it, it's not good. Anyway, we won't go there. But... He went into the he went into the kids' room and um and and he they were already up so he didn't have to wake them up and he said well kids you got to know mom and dad we're gonna we're gonna split up we're gonna get divorced and and I'm getting I'm hearing this and I come flying in and I open the door and I and I'm like knock it off what are you telling the kids and I looked at the kids and I said we're not getting divorced he's just mad at me go back to sleep marriage and parenting can those two be combined and if not. Which one should we be focusing on first, our marriage or our children? Lucille Williams joins us today. She is the author of the book, The Impossible Kid, Parenting a Strong-Willed Child with Love and Grace. She's also a national speaker and has ministered to couples and families for more than 25 years. Today on Connection, she shares how we can keep our marriage strong while raising children. Lucille Williams joins us today. She is the author of numerous books, including her most recent one, The Impossible Kid, She is a pastor's wife, as well as a national speaker. She's also had the opportunity to minister to couples and families for more than 25 years. You've been on our show a few times. Some of our guests may not remember who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, I'm Lucille Williams. I'm an author. I have uh, three books. My first one was From Me to We. My second one is The Intimacy You Crave, Straight Talk About Sex and Pancakes. And while that book's about intimacy, it's actually a humorful book, very funny, a lot of comedy. And then my latest book is The Impossible Kid, Parenting a Strong-Willed Child with Love and Grace. And for the past few months, we've been chatting with you about The Impossible Kids, all sorts of angles. And today we are talking about our marriages, our our relationships. Tell us a little bit about chapter two of your book. Yes, chapter two is titled um, Kids Leave, Husbands Stay. And I think as we parent, sometimes we feel like we need to focus on our children, even when we're married. And we don't realize that they're leaving, they're leaving. And one day you're going to be face to face with your spouse and go, okay, what do we do now? Now you have um, quite the inspiration behind that chapter. Tell us a little bit about your own relationship and kind of where things started off and where you are today. Oh, yes, yes, yes. My husband and I, it did not start well. I I came from a big Italian family. We were really good fighters. That's all we knew how to do. The women were very strong and they ruled the roost in my family. And so when we got married, I thought it was about, you know, fighting it out and it was about control and it was about dominating the other person and getting what you want. And and I realized, you know, partway in, this is not going to go well if, you know, because there was a lot of fighting. I can remember my husband and I having fights that lasted for two weeks. If you can imagine that two weeks, we would get up. <laughs> I can, start, I can. <laughs> <laughs> we, we would get up, we would start fighting and we'd go to bed fighting. And it was just one continuous fight. But luckily, about five years in, we both became Christians, which was such a miracle, just amazing. And that's a whole other story, which I'm sure we don't have time for today. But that, that's when I realized, oh, no, I, I need to change the way I do this. 
And I remember one of my girlfriends showing me verses about submissiveness. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I've been fighting for the ground <laughs> I have for five years. I'm not giving this up now. There's no way. And, and I, you know, I'm like, no way, no way. And I realized that if I was going to have a marriage that was going to be good and that honored God, I needed to do what God said. And so I needed to jump into the Bible. I needed to say, okay, what does this look like? What, you know, and then I, I had to learn that that yielding submissiveness, you know, yielding to another person isn't, you know, raising that flag. It's, it's out of love. It's because you love them and you care about them and you want what's best for the relationship. And once I made that shift in my thinking, I realized that, you know, okay, I could do this. And when you lift the other person up and you care about them and you, you know, like I would get up and say, okay, what can I do today to serve my husband? And that was completely different from the way I had been living before. But when I started doing that, suddenly God started changing our marriage and it turned into this wonderful, wonderful marriage. We're on 39 years now. And, you know, we just love marriage. We love being married. We love being together. And it started with me saying, okay, I need to do this differently. How difficult was that for you? Oh, it was grueling. <laughs> it was, it was like pulling teeth because, you know, I had, I had done it a certain way. And uh, like, even, you know, even after we we're Christians, we still had, you know, fights and we both came to our marriage with a lot of baggage. And when you come to marriage with baggage, you need to unpack it, you know, and we were unpacking it on each other. And like, there were, there were t- some times where we would just fight late into the night. Cause we thought, you know, don't go to bed angry. So we would just right. fight out and, you know, I, I see that verse differently now. I, I, I think we need to table it. I don't think we're supposed to fight all night. I really don't. But it, as new Christians, we thought, okay, we need to fight it out. And our poor little kids are, are waking up because we're slamming doors and screaming at each other. I mean, it was, it was crazy. There was one horrible night that my kids talk about now that we laugh about it. But we, my husband and I had just lost all semblance of control. We were just losing our minds. And my husband had just had it with me. And, and I mean, I could be pretty vicious and it, it's not good. Anyway, we won't go there, but he went into the, he went into the kid's room and, um, and, and he, they were already up. So he didn't have to wake them up. And he said, well, kids, you got to know mom and dad, we're going to, we're going to split up. We're going to get divorced. And, and I'm getting, I'm hearing this and I come flying in and I open the door and I, and I'm like, knock it off. What are you telling the kids? And I looked at the kids and I said, we're not getting divorced. He's just mad at me. Go back to sleep. And, and, <laughs> and the, the kids still laugh about that today. Like, you know, I just like poke my head and I come running in like a raving maniac. <laughs> and, um, you know, the next morning we needed to talk to them about what had happened and that mom and dad got a little crazy. But, you know, even after we're Christians, we had a lot of stuff to unpack and a lot of stuff to work through. You know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean all the, you know, everything's all roses and it's going to be great. And we had to learn, we had to get some help. We had to get some therapy. We had to learn how to, you know, do this thing called marriage and put the other one first. And we had to learn to apologize. Oh my goodness. That can be so hard because you realize you've been a real jerk. And then you just got to go and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And so we became expert forgivers. That's what happened. That's what happens in marriage. If you're not good, if you're not a good forgiver, don't get married. (laughs) Right? Yeah, no kidding. I I love the name of the chapter, Kids Leave, Husbands Stay, because this is something we talk about a lot when I do premarital counseling with couples. A a lot of people, I mean, it's right in ways to think like, I've got to focus on the kids. The kids come first, but 
no, the kids shouldn't come first because then that means you're putting your partner aside, right? Right. And it's, it's causing the home to have an off balance kids every day that they take a temperature of what's going on in their home and they want to know mom and dad are okay. That's what they want to know. That's the main thing they need to know for their safety and security. Are mom and dad okay? And, and they, that matters to them. And, you know, they're going to leave one day and they're probably going to get married. Maybe not, (laughs) but either way, they're going to be adults longer than they're going to be in your home as a child. So what you send them off with is, you know, really important. And if you could show them a loving relationship with mom and dad, that's one of the best gifts you can give your children as they leave your home. I remember in seminary, I forget the exact number, but a shocking number of people getting divorced once the kids grow up and leave the house. And, you know, we we all probably have those friends in our lives. They've been married 25, 30 years and you think everything's fine. And all of a sudden they get divorced and everybody's like, what happened? But what happened was they spent the last 20 years or whatever, focusing on the kids. And then when they're left together, they don't even know each other anymore. It's true. And, and, you know, you need to carve space to be each other's boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, you need to be his girlfriend. You need to have that fun time with each other. You need to schedule those date nights. It's so important. I mean, like I said, my husband and I are going on 39 years and yesterday he was at work and he called me and he said, I have a question for you. I said, okay, what? And he goes, would you like to go on a date with me tomorrow night? And um, I said, oh, well, let me check my calendar. And (laughs) it's like, okay, well, I'll wait. And I look, I go, well, I'm kind of busy, but I think I could put you on my calendar. He's like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, we still have fun with each other. And, you know, I mean, here I've been married to him for 39 years and I'm so excited. It's date night. And, you know, he asked me, it's, it's such a great thing. And we forget that those little things really matter and just carving out that time for our spouse. So important. So important. What's the biggest thing that you noticed in your relationship when you made that change? Well, we all want to feel like we're chosen and we're cherished. And when I started letting him know how special he was to me, then I got more than I ever imagined. Like, I just didn't imagine. I just thought, okay, I'm just going to be, you know, I'm going to be nice and, and, and not much is going to come back. Like I just made the decision. I'm just going to be nice to this man. I'm just going to get up every day and be nice to him. (laughs) And then suddenly it, it just turned into this miraculous relationship that I never, ever thought that I could have. I, I really didn't just, just because of, you know, I'm, I was always real spunky. I was contentious, you know, it said, don't, don't be with a contentious woman. It says that in the Bible, that was definitely me. And, and I just, I had to, I had to do some paradigm shifts. Like for instance, if you see something that bugs you, you have to turn it around and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for a husband who works hard. Thank you, God. There was, there was one time my husband played softball and he would come in late at night. I, I would go to the games. I would, I was scorekeeper and he would go to the games. He'd come in, he, he'd put his bag in the middle of my kitchen that night. He was tired. He didn't really think about it. So I'd get up in the morning and the bag would be there and I would be so disgruntled. I left this bag in my kitchen and I grabbed the bag and I drag it out into the garage and get it out of my way. 
And then one day I said, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. Because by the time he got home, I wasn't real happy with him. You know, when you when you start thinking like that throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And so I started saying, okay, when I saw the bag, I started praying for him. And and I started and I started thinking about him. And and I would start praying for him. And then I'd take the bag into the garage. And then I went from praying. And then all the way to the garage, I'd say to myself, thank you, God, for a husband who's healthy enough to play softball. Thank you, God, that, you know, he's he's healthy and he's here and I have him. And then suddenly I'd see the bag in the morning after his games and I didn't get upset anymore. I would feel happy and I would I would be Mm. like I would have endearing feelings towards him. And I'm like, wait a minute, this thing really works. You know, so when you see the dirty socks, you say, thank you, God, for a man with big feet, you know, and and, you know, whatever it is, you just turn it around and say, thank you. You know, I mean, any widow will tell you that the whiskers in the sink don't matter anymore. You know, when you Mm -hmm. see those whiskers, you say, thank you, God, for a man who's good looking. And, you know, it's just a matter of changing your thinking. I love that. <laughs> just flip it around. <laughs> you got me at the widow and you've got me in tears on this. And um, this is definitely something I struggle with because in our household, our shifts are so different that we rarely see each other. We have a little more time now that uh, our kids are both in school. Um, but when, you chal- when you're challenged with that, where do you even start, right? You, you said, go ahead and start switching around. How do you get that mindset? How do you get to that point where you can do that? You just have to make that decision. You have to, first of all, you got to notice the things that are bugging you. We always, I mean, I, you know, if we think about it, we could find a whole list of stuff that bugs us about our spouse. It's not hard. I mean, nobody's perfect. We all got our stuff and he could do the same about me. You know, I'm not picking on him. And, but you need to start when you see those things, you, you, you have to say, okay, can I turn this around? Sometimes it means a conversation. Sometimes you got to go to them and say, Hey, can you fix this? Like, okay, this, this is a really good example. My husband and I have two sinks in our bathroom and we have our own towel and I was hogging his towel. Like I would use my towel and his towel and leave his all a mess. And one day he finally said, honey, can you leave my towel alone? I put it a certain way on purpose and you're messing with it. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize. I mean, that's an easy fix. You know, I can, I, and now if I do use his towel, I make sure it looks real nice when I'm done with it, because it matters to him. And sometimes it's as simple as that, rather than having those disgruntled feelings. But a lot of times it means turning it around. Like if he's a little late coming home from work, you need to say, thank you, God, for a man who works hard and comes home. There's a lot of men who don't come home at the end of the day. They finish work. They go out with their buddies. You might actually find them in a bar. If he comes through that door, you have a good man. And sometimes we forget that because he's 10 minutes late. You know, how come you're 10 minutes late? (laughs) No, be happy that he's home. Be happy that he's safe. Be happy he wanted to come home to you. And, and, and there was one time I asked my, I asked my husband, I said, I was feeling really insecure. This is years ago. And I asked him, I said, do you love me? And he said, I come home, don't I? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, of course you come home. I was so upset. I didn't even talk anymore. I'm like, okay, I just, you know, and I let it stew for about two weeks. And, and then about two weeks later, I'm like, honey, I asked you if you loved me and you said, I come home, don't I? And, and he goes, yeah. And I go, well, of course you come home. Your garage is here. Your dog is here. Of course you come home. And he's like, no, honey, you don't get it. I come home because I love coming home to you. I love it. It's the best part of my day is coming home to you. So I come home. 
And, and I was like, oh, I'd spent two weeks mad at this guy because I thought that, that he was insulting me and he was giving me the best compliment he could have given me. And I realized, oh my goodness, he said he comes home because he loves me and he wants to come home. So sometimes our spouse can say something and we take offense when really they're saying something really sweet and we just need to investigate it a little further. And that was the case with this. And so now every day when he comes home, I think he comes home. He comes home because he wants to come home because he wants to come home to me. And that completely changed it around. Good communication could really help in those situations, right? Like active listening. If he had said that, and then in the moment you just said, I'm hearing you say this, he could have cleared it up right away then, right? Yes. And that's something I had to learn. You know, we have to go to each other and say, this is the story I'm writing. You know, you came home and said this, and this is the story that's going on in my head. I'm feeling like this or, you know, whatever this is. And then the other person can say, no, 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 no. I didn't mean that at all. And, you know, it's, it's not about what we say. It's what we hear. And we need to tell our spouse, hey, this is what I'm hearing right now. Is this what you're saying? And that's something we had to learn. That was the next step in our communication. <laughs> you know, as you can tell, I, I spent two weeks and I didn't say anything because it hurt me. It hurt me so bad I couldn't even yeah. talk about it. Um, but now it, it is better. Now we say this is what, but we're 39 years in. So, you know, this takes, you know, and that's the thing. It takes work. It takes practice. It takes intentionality. It takes str- strategy. It takes sticking with it. And when you do, it gets better and better and better. But you get better at these things. You say, okay, I just blew it here. I'm going to try it again. I, you know, new tomorrow. I'm going to do better tomorrow. Now your children are growing. What kind of impact has this relationship had on your children and all the changes that you made in your marriage? Oh, so much. I look at my, I have two adult kids that are married and have children. And there is nothing better than, the, than to watch them love their spouse. And, you know, when I'm on the phone with my daughter and we're talking about making plans and she says, well, I need to check with Kyle. I need to make sure it's okay with him. And he's okay with this. I go, of course. Like I never, even when I'm coming over, Hey honey, can I come over? She says, let me check with Kyle. And I of course check with Kyle. Let me know. And then she'll get back to me just to see her honoring him is just such a blessing. And then my son, oh my goodness, he's the best husband. I just, I just love watching him with his wife and watching my kids with their spouses is such a blessing. And that is probably one of the biggest reasons I'm glad that I turned things around in my marriage and that I sent them off with a, you know, mom and dad who loved each other and worked on it. I mean, we weren't perfect. We made a lot of mistakes, but we worked on it and we never gave up. So what is your like number one tip before the end of this episode then, Lou, for husbands and wives or partners um, working on their relationship and their kids' relationship? What would be the number one thing you say to them? Well, there's so many, but I'm going to go with the golden rule. Matthew 7, 12 and Luke 6, 31. Treat people the same way you want them to treat you we just stop and ask ourselves that question there's a lot of stuff we wouldn't do or wouldn't say for people who want to read this read about what you just talked about want to learn more about you and your book how can we go about doing that 
Well, obviously, I'm on Amazon, and they can also go to uh, lucez.com, Barnes & Noble. The, the books are in bookstores and um, online, anywhere you can buy books. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And thank you so much for listening today. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation or any of the other conversations we've had on Connections, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike Tom and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.